The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the bomb and the holy toys. Hello and welcome to Fofop, a bonus episode uh, recorded backstage at my last uh, show in the Sutherland Entertainment Centre in the Shire. In Australia, I'm here with uh, guest Charlie Tom Ballard. Hello, Hello. Tom. Hello. Who's doing support for my gigs. Hello, I'm Charlie. Um, Now, mate, have you performed uh, in the Shire before? I have not performed in the Shire. I did a gig in Cronulla about a month ago and it was quite nice, but uh, very late and... A comedian that went on before me at one point talked about Tony Abbott and asked the question. I was like, hey, so what do you guys think of this Tony Abbott guy? And someone yelled out, yeah, he's great. So you were like, you might not enjoy my stuff. <laughs> Nothing my, my scene, man. <laughs> you might you might not be here off my mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they weren't there for Tom Bella. They were there for a night, a Tuesday night out. But it was fun. Do it you was. find that because, <clears throat> I mean, even doing support for my shows, it, like, you know, even though we, you know, I have a sem- similar sensibility, there are certain topics in your show that, you know, you certainly approach in different ways than I would. Right. Like when you're walking out to do warm-up for one of my shows, do you – have a sense of that it's my audience or how does totally, it work? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, as you say, we're, we're probably in similar worlds with similar dreams and views. So so I feel like if they've rocked up to Will Anderson gig, they're prepared to hear some stuff. I don't know, there was the, the bit of the last, the last one, DY, that was like, okay, this is, you know, there are, in terms of edginess or in terms of a bit where you're going to get a gasp or a weird bit, they're a lot more frequent sometimes oh, yeah. in certain places. I mean, there was, even for me, there was points in that gig, yeah. you know, as well as it was going, yeah. that I felt like halfway through a premise, they were composing letters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like halfway through, they were like, yeah. they, they put down their pen at Dear ABC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you finally got to a punchline that they approved of. This but, isn't right at all. I mean, that that's partly because we were performing that night in like a beautiful entertainment centre, but it's like a concert hall. Like yeah. it's a place where people are normally watching a symphony orchestra or something. So you yes. already have that sense of, yes, you know, like or, if you're or doing... Troy Casadaly. If you're you doing, yeah. <laughs> if you're doing a dirty late night gig in yeah. some pub, people kind of have a different expectation. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting that we mentioned The Shire though. And for people who are listening in America... Um, the Shire is only about an hour out of Sydney, but uh, kind of is famous for a couple of things, which is that from people from the Shire don't like to go anywhere but the Shire. Like it's not for <laughs> the whole I should, I should We're point in God's out, country, sir. Yeah, but that's what they call it. They call it God's country. Yeah. They don't understand why you would go anywhere else. And yeah. it is uh, an amazingly beautiful part of Australia. Yeah. But it was also very famous for some uh, race riots that <laughs> got her- worldwide headlines. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's that real mix of culture so when you come down and do this clash, sort of venue, clash of cultures, clash of cultures, cultures yes. and then bash of cultures, <laughs> and then why don't you go back to your own suburb of cultures? Go back to your own fucking culture. Yeah. 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 Go back to your own country or just down that train line to where you live. <laughs> yeah. 
So, but we, of course, when you come here and perform, like, I mean, the people who come out to these gigs are not, you know, it's oh, not like totally. everyone has a Southern Cross tattoo here. Yeah. Like, these people are the people who are like, yeah, no, we get it. We get it. We just yeah. like living here. Which is such a lesson. I mean, you can be so prejudiced or, you know, just uh, patronizing to a lot of gigs, I think, and doing a couple of regional gigs, even in Australia. You know, I think you just, you you totally find that there are people there with this interconnected world with the internet, the people often who rock up. I mean, I mean, now you've I guess got maybe to, people sort of know where I go. But you've got to that. be speaking to the person in the audience who gets it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Otherwise, what's the point? You're yeah. cheating them. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, like I, I think about this now because, yeah. you know, I, I've certainly been guilty of that as well, like yeah. broadening it out for a certain audience or, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. I was at the uh, Gimpy Muster. Now, it's a, that's as odd. Clang. And as country as it gets, right? Oh, we get it, Will. You're on TV. God. 90% of the audience had cowboy hats. Like 90% <laughs> of the audience had cowboy hats. Right. And I got to the the part of the And the, the other show, 10% didn't have heads. Or... Like, oh, yeah. They yeah. were like, they couldn't get a hat for two heads. <laughs> like, it was... <laughs> they said, at one stage, we got 3,000 heads in the tent. Yeah. About 200 bodies. <laughs> oh. It was great. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Come as on, long man. as they're both laughing, right? <laughs> Come on. Uh, so... But I got to the gay marriage chunk of the show yeah. and I almost didn't do it because I was at the Gimpy Master mm. and I did it and they loved it because, of course, they're people. Yeah. And I would have hated it if some comedian I really like came to Sale yeah. and looked at Sale and went, I should only do jokes about Cold Chisel. God, yeah. And I would have assumed that they... Like, don't get me wrong, they yeah. would have been right. Yeah. You know, but you got to talk to the person who's glad you're there. you got to yeah. talk to the person who gets what you do, right? That's oh, the worst. And dying, you know, dying... On stuff that you know is good and you care about and you believe in is a million times better than dying on this concocted version of yourself that is uh, some kind of bizarre uh, warp of, of who you are to, to try and appeal to people. And also, I mean, the thing for me is I love nothing more than... Like, I don't expect that everyone agrees with the ideas that I'm expressing in my show. Yeah. Like... There's no part of you signing up to coming out to be entertained yeah. that you like. You also have to agree with everything I say. <laughs> yeah. I don't. They're agree. the creepiest gigs. That's a rally. That right. becomes rallies. That becomes like cults. That's a white pride exactly. rally. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I didn't bring any Kool Aid. <laughs> Did you guys expect we were going to fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like that's not what this is. Yeah. I've just prepared some remarks I think you might find amusing. Yeah. Some of them contain thoughts I have about the world, but. Yes. As long as you enjoy the jokes, I don't really mind. Like yeah. if if there's something there for you, but but it's like one of those things where I love nothing more than having an audience where you know that half of them don't agree with what you're saying, yeah. but they're still laughing because they're enjoying the way that you're you know you're saying that thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's fun. I did a I did the political asylum gig at the Melbourne Comedy Festival a couple right. of years ago, which is a very, and it's a very politics gig. It's politics focused. People who like politics, and because it's Melbourne, and because it was a comedy festival, it was lefty McLeft left, and you know bleeding heart pinkos, and uh, people just sitting on the left hand side of yeah. the audience. <laughs> it wasn't like the, no one would even cross. Right, not even cross the floor. It was deserted. <laughs> it was deserted. Um, yeah, I'm surprised everyone didn't acknowledge the traditional owners before they opened their set. Bill Shorten was in there doing numbers. <laughs> <laughs> convincing each of the acts that yeah. he could really make them the headliner. The Greens are actually on the other side of the wall right. of the gig. They couldn't even get in the room. They didn't want to be associated with that kind of... Uh, they want to sell out, the, sacrifice their principles. But I did a bit about about um, Australia Day a couple of years ago when there was, there was a situation where some uh, Indigenous Australian protesters chased down the Prime Minister and she lost a shoe and it yes. was the whole thing. And, and the bit was essentially about white guilt, but it was a little bit touch and go... And I got half the audience. And I, I don't want to uh, brag, but I feel like I was the only act that night that 
genuinely did something that was uh, confronting. That was going to push people That provoked anyway. people. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's... That I used to have a joke, in fact, about the Cronulla riots. Mm. And um, I, I don't know if I can remember it exactly, but it was essentially... I was So I did a whole chunk that... Like, every bit of it was pretty right on. Yeah. You know, we were talking about a pretty terrible thing. It wasn't that hard to be on the right side of that yeah. one, right? <laughs> and then I got to this bit where I would say, uh, and they bashed them with uh, baseball bats and said, you're un-Australian, which yeah. is true. Yeah. They bashed, them with, they bashed the, the people <laughs> who are not from white Australia yeah. with baseball bats. Just and, down the road from where we're sitting right And now. told them that they were not Australian. <laughs> And I used to do a joke that said, you're un-Australian. Yeah. You're un-Australian. And the whole audience would be like, yeah. yeah. Like sometimes a round of applause. Like yeah. I'd be like, you're un-Australian. Come on, cricket bats. Facebook, come on. Come on, like guys, oh, cricket 50 bats. 51st state. And it would be one of those jokes where you would have that moment where half the audience would be like, "Yeah, am I allowed to laugh at this? Like, can we just do a quick survey about yeah. whether... <laughs> like, is... What is he... Yeah. Is he saying that it's all right to hit them with the cricket bats? No, I don't think he is. Mm. I think he's making a point about, hang on. Hypocrisy or something. <laughs> and that's the hardest one to defend, the jokes that are based on, it is funny that I said this. It is funny to say right. this horrible thing. Purely for the fact of saying it. And, and I think, you know, I but think that, that is a thing you can defend. That is a thing you can defend. But it's hard to explain to people that sometimes yes. the joke is that clearly that's not the joke. Yes. Like, you know, sometimes, like, the joke is going, no, this is the complete opposite of the joke. Yes. And I think Louis C.K. does this all the time. And Louis C.K. gets a lot of, like, credit, and rightly so, for doing weird stuff, particularly material around rape and stuff, because he's inverting it, and that's good. But sometimes Louis C.K. just says really wrong shit. Right. And it's funny that he just said those words out loud into a microphone. Right. And people But also, it's context, because you know that at his heart, he... He's, he's not just a terrible fun. person. Yes. yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's just, the thing when someone takes a you know a tweet or a comment or a whatever out of context. Yeah. Like then, like a lot of times when you read that, you go, like we were talking yeah. about this actually on the way up in the in the car about a politician in Australia who there's terrible bushfires on Australia because we are the luckiest country of all countries in the world because some people only get to experience once one once in a lifetime weather <laughs> event in their life yep. and we get them every year every year man there is a part of Australia that burns down every year and this year it's where burning, the bloody hell are you and, and it's burning down worse than ever this year the people have lost their homes and I believe when we're recording this there may be even people who've lost their lives yep. so in the context of that one of the senators in the Australian... Oh, sorry, no, he's a member of the House of Representatives, uh, the only Greens member of the lower house in Australia, a guy called Adam Bant. Uh, he tweeted a tweet about climate change in the midst of that that upset some people. That's yeah. right. That's the story, right? Yeah, and was linking to a an opinion piece that he'd written and had been plugging quite regularly on his Twitter. Like, if you look at his feed, that's his latest feed. The tweet before that was two days later plugging exactly the same article. Fuck, I hate these people who plug their stuff all the time. <laughs> By the way... <laughs> My trial show start on Thursday at the Sydney Comedy Store. <laughs> what are you you down to like two a day? I think you're doing really well, Will. I tried and you're to, working through it, man. I, and I'm proud of you. And I'm happy to be a sponsor. I really I appreciate Here's that. Here's the thing, Tom. If people would just sell out my shows, <laughs> I wouldn't have to plug them as much. Well, I say it's their fault too, but Right. You know. Like this, I this literally never learned, The mate. minute the show is full I stop plugging at people If How you're annoyed by the plugs <laughs> Buy a ticket How great was it the other night When you mentioned your 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 podcast You say on Saturday This podcast called Tofop And this guy The guy goes Fofop Like just correcting right. you now, Updating you as if you weren't aware Yeah I was oh, appreciated That he was like such a fan That yeah. he thought I was wrong 
It's like, okay, mate. I can't. I don't have time to run everybody through the fucking backstory right now. They'll find it. They'll they can find, find it. it. Yeah. It's available for free on the internet. Listen yeah. back. There was like a guy today on Twitter. He was like, what does faux fop and toe fop stand for? And I said, it's a free podcast, yeah. mate. Do some fucking research. <laughs> like, seriously, you can Google it. There's a Wikipedia page. I can page, only get you so far. But I don't... Come on, I don't need to force feed you. It's my fault I came up with a terrible, ridiculous name for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, during the LA Podcast Festival, I had a lot of emails with people who were like, so what is... What's... Like, can you explain? And I was like, not really. I can't really explain it. Do you know if Russell Crowe is aware of the situation? You know what? We've spoken about this before, and I'm always hopeful. Yeah. Like, I'm hopeful that at some stage, Russell's got to be at home Googling himself, right? And totally. he puts in the first like four letters of his band, yep. and the pod- I-, I would imagine this podcast is now more popular than his band. <laughs> I'm not sure, but if someone can do that experiment, if someone can put T O F O into Google and tell me if this podcast or Russell Crowe's band is come a grunt up or first, pod, is a grunt or pod? That's, that's all we want to know. Yeah, grunt or pod? Yeah, the name of this episode: <laughs> grunt or pod. <laughs> Grunt or pod. And we will have an answer at the end of it and people can tell us whether it is Grunt or pod. He's amazing. We got to interview him for the Superman movie and uh, he was a fascinating guy who, who has amazing theories about himself about and his what? career. What do you mean? Well, he... What did he say? He was saying that his music has predicted his career. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Now I need what to remember the songs he was talking what about. What are you talking about, Russ? What are you talking about, Rusty? He... Wrote a song about like the most popular man in the world or something, and he said that as if we would then understand. Oh, you mean does so he that- does he think that he is in tenacious D? Like, is he confused? Does he think that he is Jack Black? And they were like, oh, so what does that say about your life? He said, well, man, there was a time when the paparazzi were just hunting me down, and I was, I was it, man. I was the guy. I was everywhere. I am. I was Russell Crowe. I mean, he was Russell Crowe. He was Russell Crowe, but he still is. He, and he still remains Russell Crowe. And uh, did he ride into your interview smoking cigarettes on his bike and then tweet about his sit-ups? He didn't, but in the room at the table next to him, he had a stack of his new CD and he gave us free copies. Oh, so they're still putting out new music. He's, he's written a new album with someone and there's a, it was a lovely package. And is it his new band, The Ordinary Fear of God? Or is it just Rusty and Friend? I think it's solo. Yeah. Is that right? Amazing. So obviously got rid of all the, the Tofog t-shirts. <laughs> Finally, he can get rid of the band. He wants to sell them to you and right. you just you just have to cross out the grunt. I would do that, Russell. Yep. If, you want, if you've got some old t-shirts, I would love nothing more <laughs> than getting a bunch of old 30-odd foot of grunt t-shirts. Like if there's a stack of them somewhere and getting Angelo, who does our t-shirts, yep. to just do a print over the top <laughs> and we can literally have 30-odd foot of grunt merchandise oh. and sell it to people. I would love that. You have to do a live show with them playing or something. That would be amazing. I would love to do, like, I would love to have Russell Crowe on the show. Like, Russell, if you're listening or if anyone knows Russell, like, it would be the greatest. Mate. Like, can you imagine? The best. If Russell Crowe, just how good it would sound. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to answer questions <laughs> or ask questions. Ask them even. I wouldn't be able to do either. I would just sit there and get stoned and listen to Russell Crowe talk. And I don't think that would be a problem. I think you could charge, you could charge for that one. I feel like Russell would, uh, he'd just talk. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't need me to ask questions. Amazing dude. Slightly lazy eye. So what else did you ask him? I'm very fascinated. What, like, what else was he like? Was he nice to you off air? He, he was a lovely guy. But it, we, I think we asked one question and that was, that was, that was it. it. He was off. And then right. just a little follow-up, so, you know. Yeah. But he's, um, yeah, Russell Crowe's prepared to talk and uh, he's happy to do that. And we got a free CD. What else do you want? Did you listen to it? 
We played it underneath the weather on the show when we actually ran the interview on the breakfast show. Yeah, we played the, a song the bit of the weather. show where you play a joke song. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes we play songs that we... Yeah, we did. We laughed at it a couple of times. Very uh, very earnest is the best way to describe. It was very acoustic. Everything he does is earnest. Well, he did. And there is a part of me that like, is like, well, maybe that's why he's just happier than us. Yeah. Because you know what I mean? Like, he's a guy who does. He seems to be without irony. Yeah. And maybe that's a great way to live your life. Because I think that if you have irony... It's very hard to really, truly enjoy anything. Yeah. To just fucking love something without going, what's wrong with this? Or what's wrong with me that I think this? We live in a cynical world, Will. Well, the other day I was picking up um, the new Malcolm Gladwell book and I suddenly was like, oh, can I really read Ma- Malcolm Gladwell books anymore? Because everybody <laughs> reads Malcolm Gladwell books and everyone <laughs> talks. And I was like, you like Malcolm Gladwell yeah. books. You enjoy reading them. Just they stimulate it. your mind and you think he has interesting things to say. Yeah. Why are you suddenly <laughs> being like... I'm off Malcolm Gladwell just yeah. because, but I mean, I do that. Yeah. That's, yeah. So Russell is earnest. He just lives in the moment. It's just all about being Russell 100% of the time. Have you seen The Sum of Us, that, that film with Jack Thompson? I you? thought it was really good. Great film. Did you think it was good? I, I love the film. Because uh, for people who've never seen, it's an Australian movie, The yeah. Sum of Us, uh, based on a play. And when you watch it, you can tell it's based on a play. It yes. still has that sense of it's a play. And Russell Crowe it's like director camera is in it. Stuff, um, yeah. A guy called John Paulson who runs the Tropfest Festival, which is a very inter- uh, internationally successful uh, That's right. uh, short film festival. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and Jack, Jack Thompson, Thompson yes. is the dad. And it's about a dad who has a gay son. Yeah. And like, but the son is it's not stereotypical gay. Like no. he's a guy who plays footy with his mates and you know blah 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 and just. Likes to have sex with men. Just love blokes, right. I believe is one line from the film. Is that really? I just love blokes. I just love blokes. <laughs> and it's Russell Crowe, just loving blokes. Which is so It's bizarre. the sort of person that Russell Crowe from Romper Stomper would beat the shit out of, basically. <laughs> Ultimate death match. Yes. Russell Crowe in various films. Gladiator obviously would take care of both. Yeah. Oh so my God. What would you like to see uh, a Russell versus Russell if you could have an ideal Russell versus Russell character death match and it can be from any Russell Crowe film? Dear but what are the two characters you, you want to see go head to head, Russell Crowe style? What else you got there? You got Rumper, you got Gladiator, you yep. got A Beautiful Mind. Yes. <laughs> You'd be awful. Right. It's not my guy. Terrible. He's carrying the cards across the ring. He's yeah. not doing anything. Not a great fighter. And then adding up all the numbers of the rounds. I think he was in a movie called The Fighter, wasn't he? Or something like that. No, it was like some. There was some sort of boxing film. Yeah. Well. uh, Oh, he was in um. Master Commander. He was on a ship. Yeah. What was the one with Meg Ryan? There was some sort of thing. Oh God. I'm looking up the Insider. He was yep. in The Insider. Although that guy wouldn't be good in a fight. He could inform the shit out of people. I would have thought that uh, Jor-El from uh, the new Superman film. I mean, that yeah. that was a guy. I mean, he could ride a dragon and punch the shit out of people. And like, you know. As long as he's got his little technology, he's probably right. fine. Um, yeah, but I just think it's amazing. You did The Sum of Us and that's never like... Like, you know, you see James Franco does a gay role and suddenly he's gay. What a gay, what a cock sucking gay, fucking ass fucking gay man. Yeah. And then. Great review. (laughs) And then Russell Crowe doesn't get any of that. It's it's awesome, but Uh, I think it's surprising. Is it just because Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe doesn't seem like. But James Franco doesn't seem that gay, does he? Really? Is that not just. Okay, all right. I mean, he's big on book learning. (laughs) 
Well, the gays love that. Proof? The proof? That one where Great film. That was a good great film. film. It was in that. All right, what else has Russell Crowe done? Your Rumpus Stumper. You've got. Rumpus Stumper, which is fantastic, by incredible. the way. Incredible. That is an incredible film. I LA was... Confidential. Bud in LA oh Confidential. Oh, my God. Yeah. He fuck what you up. Jeezy did some good films for a while. Dude. Okay, what else? Um, the Insider, as you mentioned. Yes. Oh, like great film. Of, uh, Gladiator, of course. Should have been nominated for The Insider. So I should have won for The Insider, won for Gladiator, Boom. which he shouldn't have won for, but anyway. Uh, Proof of Life. Oh, yeah. Okay. Isn't it? Beautiful Mind, we mentioned. Yep. Rubbish. Master and Commander, as long as he has the... Cinderella Man is the boxing Cinderella film. Cinderella Man is the boxing film. Um, American Gangster. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Robin Hood. Which right. I still haven't seen. Yeah, I didn't hear great things. It was things. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> it was like, right. Robin Hood is gladiator now? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that was terrible. Oh, dude. The ultimate role, Noah in 2014, which we're going to get. Oh, yeah. Looking at the course. story of Noah's Ark. Although I read in the paper today that there's, it's not testing well, Noah. Oh, no. Because it's in a reimagining where Noah is the first sort of environmental oh, warrior. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Russell, Noah's gone a bit Adam Bant. <laughs> And put out an environmental tweet in the middle of a natural disaster. He's Sean Penn. He's Sean Penn. Everyone's like, fucking Noah, filling his boat up with fucking animals, lecturing the rest of us about fucking climate change. (laughs) It's not happening. It's bullshit, Noah, with your opinions. Do you reckon there were deniers at the time? Oh, back then, everyone. (laughs) Everyone was a Noah denier. Seriously. The world is ending. Right. The water is pouring down every street, you know. People go like, it's seasonal. It's seasonal. It happens every year. Put out the fires, didn't it? The massive flood. Uh, and of course, uh, Les Miserables. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so you know, well, he was pretty good in that. Like his character. Javier. Yeah? Oh, he wasn't very good at that. No, as in like his like, character would be good in the fight. He would be good, yes. Sorry. Okay, I'm with you. Yes, yep. no, he wasn't very good at singing. But he's not good at singing. Which is weird that but he has a band where he Russell. keeps putting out music. All right, you're not going to get him on now. It's done. It's over. If he is this. Oh, no, no, no. I need him to come on and like... Answer his critics. No. No? No, no. We can just be cool with being flawed, the two of us. Sweet. That's like that's all I want. Yeah. I just want to communicate with him. He's been such a massive part of my life. I'm so fascinated by Russell Crowe. Like we named our fucking podcast after his band. Do you know what I mean? I understand. Like I love him. It means a lot. And hate you. him. And, and, and uh, like I'm appealing. I find him appealing and appalling. I just... I'm so conflicted. You know about that um, Gladiator sequel that never happened? Did you hear about that? The Nick it Cave wasn't going to be a prequel? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, uh, maybe not. Oh, maybe. No. The one where there's gods and stuff and like Nick Cave wrote the treatment for it and it was maybe going to happen? And Russell was going to be in it though, I right? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it was going to be a prequel of a some prequel kind or something. Thing, of course. Oh, of course. Well, because he's... Uh, yeah, because he's... Dead spoiler Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> All right. Well, we should stop talking. Oh, that, okay. That's a good bonus episode. I like that. 20 minutes. That's nice. Backstage. And then yep. we can prepare for the gig. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Will.